Uh, I would like, it, I know this is me imposing on you and your feature, but I would like to start with a question, if I may, uh, to you, Declan. Of course. So my 76ers have had a good year. Yes. As you know, Joel Embiid has had a procedure. Oh, what he has? And he has out for the regular season, might come back in the playoffs. So is there a target out there worth pursuing? Do the 76ers have enough torque to get it done? And is it worth it? Or should they keep their powder dry and slide in as a later seed and hope Embiid can come back and help them? Well, this is the big thing, right? There's no replacement for Joel Embiid. There's no Joel Embiid in the NBA today. Even if you think Nikola Jokic is a better better center, Joel Embiid, I think, is a more physically off- offensive, uh, imposing force at the rim, better footwork, things like that. There's no Joel Embiid, right? Yes. So you can't bring in anyone to emulate his game. The What I would do if I was the Philadelphia 76ers is I would ride Tyrese Maxey. I would ride Tyrese Maxey and see, can you be the guy? Because, and I'll tell you why. Can you be the guy when the going gets tough? Can you show up in the big moments? And the reason I say that is because Joel Embiid, for as good as he is, has shown that in the playoffs... He can take a back step a little bit. His production goes down. He doesn't get to the free throw line as much. The game is officiated differently. That is hard to that is hard to do. That is hard to you know, completely change your game from one thing to be more conducive to playoff basketball. And when we've seen that Joel Embiid hasn't necessarily been that big figure they need to be in the, in the playoffs, they need someone who can step up. This is Tyrese Maxey's chance. This is a guy who's going to touch the ball on every possession down the court. He's going to get the shots he wants. They're going to see, can this guy be a closer for us? Can this guy be a guy who can go out there and get us 28 and 28 a night and show up big time for us in the playoffs? So I ride Tyrese Maxey because like I said, you're not replacing Joel Embiid. The, I think bringing some Someone in, I like the problem is you can't run an offense through you can't run the offense the Philadelphia 76ers and Nick Nurse run through any other center besides Joel Embiid, right? right? Yeah. So bringing someone in, I don't I think it would mess up how that offense needs to run. I think Tyrese Maxey is the guy who needs to get the ball. You obviously, you know, you 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 count your losses, you pray he gets back quickly, you hope you're in a decent position for the playoffs. But Do I don't, you, I don't know if you bring anybody in. And and would your answer have changed uh, if Doc Rivers was still available? Would you suggest he be the coach, or are you okay with Nick Nurse? No, I like Nick Nurse. I think Nick right. Nurse is a good coach. I mean, the one guy like I know Andre Drummond is a name who's been thrown around in trade talks. He's obviously not, you know, at at best he's going to get you what twelve, fourteen, sixteen points a night at best. But his per thirty six numbers rebounding are incredible. He can be a guy who can rebound the ball on the defensive side of the court, the offensive side of the court. Get into your big play guys, the Maxies, the Tobias Harris's, if you want to put him in that camp. But I, I don't bring in another center center to run the offense through. Yeah, I, I I'm at a loss as to who I would uh, who I would replace him with. I, I you know all of the names I have are forty you know years ago players. He's such a, a you know I mean Rodman's not coming in. So Rodman I, is not coming in, and I even if. I think they're toast. Even if Rodman did come in, Rodman, you know, he didn't really score the ball that much. No, he, was, he was ferocious and he rebounded. Oh, no. it was crazy. You know, there was a two-game span where, in I forget what year it was, but it was when he was with the Spurs. There was a two-game span. He had zero points and 49 rebounds. Crazy. And, and you know. And he was 6'6 six, six at best. Watching him, like he would, you could watch the video of him and he would actually be 
like sprinting, jumping, moving towards where the ball was yes. going to go. Uncanny how he did it. He wasn't the biggest guy, obviously, no. but he was crazy, and he no. wanted that ball. You know who else was like that rebounding? Charles Barkley. Charles yes, Barkley, Barkley was, was great that He way. was an incredible rebounder. I believe he led the league in rebounding one year, and he did it at about 6'4", which is very imp- I know he was listed at 6'6". Charles Barkley was not 6'6". Six, six. Six, he was five, the, the best. only Coke machine I've ever seen could go sideways. He was like he was really something else. I loved yeah. Barkley, one of my favorite all-time players. All right, go. Well, I was just going to say, apparently he used to eat uh, two filet of fishes before each game as well. Don't know if that's true or been verified, but that's what I read. Okay, a couple questions I want to get to. Where do DeJounte Murray and DeMar DeRozan end up? Yeah, DeJounte Murray is a guy who I think has a lot of talent. He's with the Atlanta Hawks right now, but the Atlanta Hawks are an incredibly underperforming team on the back of Trey Young as their star guy. Like, they're six games below 500 right now, and Trey Young is averaging 27 and 10. There are, t- like, if you look back to the early 2000s, the 90s, the 80s, etc., 27 and 10 would have had you in league MVP conversations. Trey Young wasn't even initially selected to go to the All-Star game this year because, of course, the game has changed, and now they the All-Star game also places a lot more value on the, how is your team doing. Mm-hmm. Can you be the main guy on a winning team? The Hawks just aren't winning. You obviously, I think Trey Young is untouchable for that team. I do think he is their guy they need to build around, but DeJounte Murray is a guy who I think can have a lot of value going somewhere. And the one place I look is the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets are intent around building are intent on building around Bridges. Bridges is a guy who I was never sold on as being a franchise cornerstone, but he's come, he's come alive this year. He needs to be a bit better of a facilitator, can rebound a little better for his size, but I think he's averaging over 26 points a game this year. If they can have a guy like DeJounte Murray, who we know can shoot the ball, who can be a facilitator, get him in an offense where he isn't, he isn't, um, what's the phrase I'm looking for? He isn't restricted mm-hmm. by another backcourt guy dominating the ball. I think him and McCall could be, a phenomenal one-two punch. So I like I like the Brooklyn Nets for DeJounte Murray. As far as DeMar DeRozan, I hate to throw this out because it seems to be thrown out every trade deadline. And just by the way, the trade trade deadline tomorrow at 1 p.m. our time. So we're doing this at the perfect uh, perfect time. And we're going to have Paul Sir on tomorrow at the perfect oh, time I love to break it. this uh, down. You know what I'm going to ask him about? About if if Bridges, mm-hmm. if they brought, brought back John Wall, could Wall and Bridges play together? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, Go I ahead. Like I like that. Um, no, I was just going to say, DeMar DeRozan, the reason, listen, I hate to bring this up because every trade deadline they get brought up, but I think the Los Angeles Lakers would be a good fit because DeMar DeRozan is at a stage in his career. He's still very good. He's still serviceable. He still scores the ball, but he's not a guy who can really dominate and get to the rim. He's not a guy who can play. Well, you know the Lakers will be in on everything. Of course, and he's yeah. not a guy who can play You know, 100 minutes a night. He's a guy who needs someone to get him good looks, needs someone to get him the ball, and he's a guy who needs to have the pressure taken off him. We already know LeBron is the guy who can run that offense, who can get you the ball. We know that Anthony Davis is going to take big loads offensively. So I think if you're DeMar and you can d- go in there and you know potentially sacrifice your numbers a little bit but still be an elite scorer or a near elite scorer when you need to be, I think that would fit well with the Lakers. I think, listen... You never the Lakers get thrown around every single trade deadline and it gets tiresome. I understand that, but I do think DeMar DeRozan would be a good fit in that Lakers offense. So, so help me with this and I know I'm chiming in too much, but I'm really curious about the NBA. So, Lotad, you could never chime in too much. It's your show. Well, I'm the no, one who's I, chiming I, in I too much. I mean, I'm feature the the So, what does Oklahoma City have to do to be real? Like not just good in the regular season, but to be like a championship option. Right. I think just patience. Okay. Because I think the talent is there. I think but you they the, were patient last time and everybody left. 
Well, they ran they ran into something unprecedented. They ran into a Spurs dynasty that was that was on its back legs but still very much intact. They ran into what became an Oklahoma City dynasty or excuse me, what became a Golden State Warriors dynasty when they were when Durant and Westbrook were very much in their prime. So things like that happened. And then of course that one finals they made, they ran into LeBron in his prime. It happens. Now I'm not saying there's not going to be something similar like that in the league right now, but when I say patience, I talk about Shea Gilgis Alexander, as talented as he is, as great a basketball player as he is, first team All NBA has done some great things, leading this team to a winning record this year. You still need a level of maturity and playoff experience to succeed in the playoffs. It's very, very, very rare you see a young guy take a young team to the playoffs and they have immediate success. Like, look at the Memphis Grizzlies last year. Incredibly young team. They were the number two seed in the Western Conference, and John Morant is an incredible talent, one of the best in the league. They flamed out in the first round to the Los Angeles Lakers because they didn't have that experience. It takes time. Playoff basketball is different than regular season basketball. It takes experience. It takes a certain leader in the locker room who knows what's going on, who knows what it's like to play in those big moments moments to teach those guys and to be a leader for those guys so they're in a great position with Shea with Chet they have things working for them but I just think they need to be patient and take a little bit of time before they can get to the next step but as far as basketball moves they're certainly on the right path okay go back to your I know you had a few people asking questions yeah I got another one Warriors need to retool and the MVP is now between Joker and Shea I think Luka Doncic is a guy who deserves to be in the uh, MVP conversation as well every year. I mean, this is a guy who puts up incredible numbers. You obviously can't overlook what uh, what Nikola Jokic is doing and what Shea's done for the OKC Thunder has been incredible. Those would be my three picks as is. The Warriors need to retool. Listen, it, it happens, right? I mean, all good things come to an end. Clay Thompson is not what he once was. He's not going to be the, you know, 21.3-and-D uh, guy. He's getting streakier. He's looking like he's lost a step on defense. Draymond, Draymond is always going to be a guy who's going to give you energy some good rebounds some good defense but again he's older his bright moments are going to be few and far between the question for the warriors is how much like of course you want another championship as a franchise right of course you want to get a guy like steph curry another ring but the question is do they want to ride off into the sunset with these three and give them the credit and respect they deserve for the things they did for their franchise for championships relevancy and incredibly increased value in their team or do they want to milk the last ounce of greatness out of Steph Curry? If they want to milk that last ounce of greatness out of Steph Curry, yes, they need to retool. They need to look to make some moves. My question then becomes, what is Draymond and Clay's trade value on the market? Because at one point in time, these guys would have had tremendous trade value. Now you wonder what they may look like when they're not riding on the back of Steph. And I'm not saying they rode on the back of Steph when they were winning all those championships. But right now at this point in, this, in their careers, it's certainly looking like they are. So those are some of the things I wonder about. I wonder what, what the what the mindset of uh, the, the Warriors ownership group is like. I wonder you know, what Steve what Steve Kerr's leash looks like. Things like that. A bunch of contributing factors. If they, if they do end up retooling and making another run, I just don't know what packages they could put together with those two guys that you would have to think are trade pieces and cornerstones. How real are the Knicks? The Knicks are very good. I really, really, really like the Knicks, but here's the thing about the Knicks. There has been, what, since 1980, we'll say, because the 70s was was a different era. The 70s was, was well, there back was the and ABA forth. And, yeah. yeah, it was weird. Yeah. So I'll say since the 80s, there has been, what, one team that won an NBA championship without a superstar, without a Hall of Fame-worthy level super, superstar. Right. And Chauncey Billups, actually, and Ben Wallace made the Hall of Fame. But you know what I'm talking about. Like, we're talking about transcendent, transcendently talented players. 
The Knicks don't have that. As good as Jalen Brunson is, and I think he is incredible, and I'm very, very happy he was an all-star this year. It is more than deserved. He should have been there last year. We've seen Julius Randle make All-NBA. We know he's an incredible talent. But they don't have that superstar. They don't have that guy who can take them to the next level. It's tough to it's tough because that's just sometimes what happens. Yeah. Like you look at those 2004 Pistons. That was the anomaly among anomalies. That was a team where everything came together. They caught a Lakers team that was at the end of their tenure. They played incredible team defense. They were an incredibly cohesive unit. They were big, they were mean, they were dirty. They knew what to do with each other. They played how they played. You just don't see that. You need a superstar, and very often you need two. Because you look at some of the teams that have won without two legit superstars in the NBA. You think about the 2011 Mavericks, who really only had Dirk because Jason Kidd was at the end of his career. And then you could maybe throw the 2019 Raptors in that conversation. Although if you want to call Kyle Lowry a superstar at that time... I understand that. I respect it because he was making all-star all-star teams. He was doing some great things. But those are kind of the, really the only two. And the Knicks, let alone two legit, legit superstars in the NBA, I don't even think they have one. And that's not to discredit Jalen. That's not to discredit Julius because those guys are incredible. But that's just how it is. 